This is the playbook. Bring your questions. I'll bring the answer. Ask me anything. I'm so fired up. Great to be home. I'm going to start here. What books have had the biggest impact on your mindset, handset, and heart set? Uh, there's my go-to books that I read every day. Uh, one is A Course in Miracles. Two is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Three uh, is Wayne Dyer, uh, Power of Intention. And then I vary. Uh, right now, I go back to the old classics. Uh, so whether it's a little bit of Carnegie, uh, you know, who, whoever it may be, uh, Thomas Troward, there's just a variety of Michael Singer, James Clear. There's just a variety of books that I rotate in. But I find that it's so important to do research um, every day, to be more interested than interesting. Uh, no matter what you like, uh, you need to be able to create, you know, audiobooks, ebooks, written books, whatever you like. It'll change your mindset, your handset, and your heart set every single time you are more interested than interesting. Plus, it uses a great part of your brain that opens yourself up to what I believe is an omniscient intuition, intellect, and inspiration. Uh, so I'm a big fan of however you want to digest. That's why I give my books, Jake, uh, for free, my ebook, audiobook, And I, even if you're in America here, I send my book, I sign it for you. I pay for the book and shipping. So please read. I hate to be a Saturday morning uh, schoolhouse rock commercial, uh, but reading is fundamental. Please read e, uh, e-books or audiobooks, whatever it is, every single day, two minutes a day is worth way more than two hours on a Saturday. Uh, Jake, why don't we bring up our first uh, guest to ask a question? So, so with, with running um, an online business, my ultimate goal is to have um, not just one, but have multiple so that I have those multiple streams of income so that, you know, in case one goes down, you know, God save the earth if anything goes down and, you know, one goes under, I have those others. I wanted to ask, do you think it would be a good idea to create like an LLC? I, I've never done this before. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Um, but I wanted to ask, like, do you think it would be responsible to create an LLC as kind of an umbrella company to these multiple um, online businesses? Yes, absolutely. And uh you should at that age uh, maybe even consider creating separate sub uh, LLCs uh, for each online business, uh, not only for protection, but for building credit and seasoning company uh, and allowing yourself, if you know guys like uh, Jack McCall, credit stacking uh, is a great mechanism when you have multiple businesses that create income uh, for not the negative side in case one falls, but in case one takes off, let me change your mindset. You know, we don't want to put out there. Remember, it's what you do, say, think, believe and feel. So we want to put out there the words, well, in case one fails, no, in case one takes off or two takes off. And so I'm a big fan of, you know, creating entities for each business that I have, creating an umbrella or a parent company uh, that holds ownership in those companies as well, allowing for a multitude of values from uh, building assets to credit building, uh, to asset-based lending, to tax benefits, uh, and allowing you in order 
to maximize the exponentiality of doing business. So, uh, you know, there's some great places. You don't need lawyers to create LLCs. There's, you know, Robert Shapiro's company called LegalZoom or Biz Filings or a ton of other companies that I've utilized uh, you know, looking at, you know, creating a LLC in Delaware uh, or Montana for tax purposes. There's a variety of things that you want to do, uh, but highly suggest creating a parent company and then separate LLCs for each entity. If you do have further uh, questions, just reach out to me directly uh, or in the group. You know, I'm always uh, available and uh, we would love uh, to help you. Thanks for joining us on Clubhouse. We're here all the time as well. Uh, got my son. So thank you very much. Come here. I got Miles here. We flew flew back just to see early Miles. There he is, ready to go. Say hi, Miles. Hi. There's my 12-year-old son. <laughs> That's why I came back early. That's why training's on Saturday. And he's getting ready for his football game in about an hour and a half. So Good to see you, buddy. He was asleep when I got home last night. I love you. What's All up, right. Miles? <laughs> I was, I was going to ask Miles, what's the uh, what's he what's he projecting today? How's he going to play at his game? Uh, he, he knows how he's going to play. He does his best. He learns lessons and he has fun. That's all we expect of him. So, uh, and he always does his best and he learns and he has fun and we're blessed to have. Him. But uh, speaking of which, you know, we. Uh, we were pressed when, you know, Miles' game changed from 3 p.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, and, you know, we had to uh, change our entire plan because I have non-negotiables. My health, number one. My family, number two. And that's something I would not have done in the past. And the lessons I've learned of, you know, walking the walk when it comes to your family and, uh, you know, being here, I know from someone who did not have a dad that was there, it'll make a difference. And so, you know, have your own non-negotiables, live up to what you promise, walk the walk, no matter what expense it costs to do so. That's a great lesson that I've learned on this trip. As great as it was celebrating my 25th anniversary with my wife all over Europe, uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to be home and to watch my son uh, at his game, do his best, learn lessons and have fun. This one says, do you have any advice for someone who wants to start a speaking career? Uh, I have tons of advice and I coach some great speakers uh, out there and just so proud to have empowered them with some of the lessons that I've learned. A uh, couple uh, things about starting a speaking career. Number one, speak, <laughs> right? Speak wherever you can. Stand up on a on a box in downtown and speak. Go to the girls and boys clubs in elementary, junior high school, high school, undergraduate, graduate schools. Speak at chamber of commerce meetings. Speak, speak, speak. You're not going to get better unless you practice. Uh, the second piece of advice I have is create a repository of lessons and stories. Uh, when we speak, people learn through stories, whether they're pictures or moving pictures or poems or words or uh, intonation or connotations of verbal uh, communication, but you got to have lessons and you got to be able to explain those lessons via stories, true stories, exaggerated stories, made up stories. You got to have stories to teach the lessons that you have. And if you're not creating a repository, a database of lessons and stories that you can tell, it's the easiest way to be a great speaker is to be a great storyteller. But if you don't have the stories and they don't have lessons incorporated within those stories, you are missing out as a speaker. Uh, those are some of the key pieces of advice. The last piece of advice I have for speakers is that remember when you start speaking that 10% of the people are going to love you no matter what you say. 
I always tell people I can get on a stage and just say the, 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 and 30 minutes later, 10% of the people in the audience will come up to me and say, oh my God, that was amazing. I see what you do did there. You're teaching coherence and patience. It was amazing how we can sit through and repeat. I loved it. And then remember also that 10% of the people, no matter whether you have the genius of Einstein or the creativity of Disney, it doesn't matter. 10% of the people are going to hate you. And just, you know, be prepared to grow your audience and know that 10% of the people are going to hate you no matter what. Being a speaker is all about the other 80%. How can we strengthen our signal to reach the other 80%? How can we broaden our spectrum to communicate with the other 80%? And how can we clarify the message so that more of that 80% will join our sponsorship and power sponsorship community. Uh, those are the best piece of advice uh, that I can give right now. If anybody wants help becoming a speaker, where to find stages, getting on stages, joining us on stages, all you gotta do is email me, david at dmeltzer.com. That's first name, David, at first initial D, last name, meltzer.com. So question is, what is your North Star when it comes to your life philosophy? Um, my North Star are four values and five daily practices. Uh, understanding that I am giving the meaning of the defining moments of my past to, to give me the most productive, accessible, and gracious day in a trajectory of what I think I want in an infinite future where I'm the only limitation of my future. So knowing that I'm going to live with gratitude to give me perspective, forgiveness to give me peace, accountability to give me control and inspiration, uh, effective communication to give me that inspiration, effectuated onto five daily practices of knowing my what, what do I want today in the trajectory of what I think I want in the future with the notion that I can change my mind who can I help as we discussed before and who can help me as we discussed before in a trajectory of what I want or think I want in the future, how best to get that done efficiently, effectively with statistical success, being a student, studying the time, activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for, activity I plan, activity I don't have planned, and even my sleep, knowing that my tomorrow starts today, putting myself in a position via my sleep, an unwinding routine an unwinding routine that allows me to put myself in a position of recovery and access, recovering me mentally, spiritually, physically, and accessing all that I need for the next day so that I can plateau and grow, which is why I meditate in the morning. My meditation has changed from just standing still or being still to being quiet, to being aware, to now being transcendent, to gather the information from the recovery and access that I have every night in order to plateau and grow, create a baseline for the day uh, so that I can, for uh, know my now, because uh, I know my what, my who, and my how. I know what's important to me when you know what's important to you, not what's important to other people, not what's missing, what you don't have or what you don't want, but what's important to you. You can prioritize. Prioritization is the antidote to procrastination, is the antidote to feeling overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed is being abundant. It means you have more than enough to do, more than enough options, opportunities, and touches of favor. It's an abundant attitude, but we need to know how to prioritize most people's problems 
don't exist within scarcity, don't exist within the procrastination or the overwhelmed feelings that they have. It's a inability or a lack of practice of prioritization because they don't know their what, their who, and the how. They don't know what's important to them. If you know what's important to you, you can prioritize your day. You will know you're now. 100%, 100% of the things you do now get done. It is the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful way to lead your day in a trajectory uh, to a motion of what you think you want in the future, continually learning those lessons and changing our mind through the pain that indicates that we have those lessons to learn, the pain, the setbacks, the failures that indicate we have a better place to be, a better position to be in with better people, better ideas around us, allowing us to apply our why, the fifth step of what we do in my life's philosophy. See, most people are in search of something they already have. Most people want to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy. You already are. Change and shift that paradigm to I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? That's what we should be to worry about. So we institute those four different things to do to identify what we're doing to interfere with it, the ego-based consciousness, the fear that we have, fear indicated by needs that are arbitrary, capricious, illusional, needs like the need to be offended or the need to be right, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, or angry. We worry, we complain, we create interference in our lives when we don't need to. What we need to do is quantify our lives via time. The only dependent variable of life is time allowing us to quantify the minutes and moments and where we spend those minutes and moments either in interference or in the flow in inspiration intellect or intuition where are we spending the minutes and moments and how can we get better at utilizing the minutes and moments that we have in a trajectory to what we think we want by finding the light the love and the lessons through the lenses of productivity accessibility and gratitude we got to utilize and apply the why to know that I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? I got to identify it. And then instead of resisting it, fighting it, going over it, under it, through it, lying to it, manipulating it, cheating it, or even denying it, just simply stop. Stop and remind to the great source. Remember with the great source. Recollect to the great source of omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing being that loves us more than our mom. And if you can just stop and reconnect, remind, remember, and recollect, you then can roll into what's important to you and a trajectory of what you think you want. You can roll, roll into, into that, direction that direction by knowing, by knowing your, what, your what, your who, your, who, your how, how, and reprioritizing your now, now to, to apply, apply your why. why. That's, That's my, my life's philosophy. philosophy. That's, That's my, my North, North Star. Star. Know, know your values, values gratitude, gratitude, empathy, empathy accountability, accountability, and inspiration. And inspiration. Know, know the five daily practices, practices, the what, the who, the, the how, the now, and apply your why. why. If anybody, if anybody wants, wants those or wants, or wants my book, book they contain those, those uh, be, uh, be happy to send, to send that out for free to you. If it's free, it's we. Just email me, David, at dmelcher.com. I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people on this earth to make more money, help more people, and have more fun. Via these values and daily practices, I promise you they work. I promise you it's worth the time to reach out. David at dmelter.com. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. My question for you today revolves around going from the mindset or what you talk about as being living in the, the world of just enough 
and going into the world of more than enough. Uh, it's something that I am, you know, really working hard on in my life. And it's also something that I'm trying to help the people that I'm coaching through, you know, my, my, uh, my infinite crypto business. And I just wanted to, you know, get some tips from you on what's the best way or the fastest way to go from just enough to, to more than enough. Yeah, thank you so much. So there's three worlds, right? There's a world of not enough that most people live in. They live as victims. They live like tubes, food in, food out, and everything happens to them. Why me, not try me? And then there's this facade of a world called just enough that most people that uh, do the the deeds, that, that live in, in the right trajectory, uh, that are pursuing their potential, live in a world of just enough, uh, extremely competitive, they do their best, they learn lessons, they have fun, but they have these tendencies, these scarce tendencies of just enough for me. Everything in their lives is a trade or a negotiation, a competition or a comparison, a judgment or a condition. And in the world of just enough, we buy things thinking it'll make us happy. We buy more things to make us happy. We buy different things to make us happy. We buy things to impress other people. We buy things to impress people we don't even like but there's never enough for me or for you. And so therefore we have winners and losers and everything becomes a trade or a negotiation. And we create a scarce world of just enough for me. And even if we're philanthropic and utilize and believe ourselves to be humanitarians, we may even give to receive. Uh, giving to receive is a trade or a negotiation. It's an expectation that there's not enough that if I give, then I will receive something in return. I shift that paradigm and want people to join me in a different world, a world of more than enough, shifting our paradigm or our beliefs that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. And the way that we live or practice, Brad, and living in the world of more than enough is to add a third component uh, to what we do. See, most people that live in the world of just enough, they appreciate what they have, which expands it. It adds value to it. So we are appreciative people in the world of just enough. I was always in an appreciative world when I lived in that world. Uh, and I appreciated everything that I had. I tried to add value to everything that I had. And then I gave it away. Uh, I was extremely generous and uh, philanthropic consider myself to be a humanitarian. I'd won humanitarian awards as I lived in a world of just enough. But the truth was I was living in a trade and negotiation, a scarce world of just enough for me. I wanted recognition and acknowledgement. I wanted thanks. I wanted to be appreciated uh, by the giving, the philanthropic actions or participation that I had in that perception. And, uh, you know, what I realized is uh, appreciation is necessary, right? Gratitude is the most coherent habit practicing machine that you can have. If you say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up, your life will change. I promise you, email me. I promise you, uh, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people with stories and lessons of how appreciation changed their life. But acknowledgement is acquiring the knowledge of what we had. And the only way you can acquire the knowledge of what you have to enter the world of more than enough is to give it away, but more importantly is to not to have it anymore. In fact, when you can enter a world of abundance where there's more than enough of everything for everyone, that you don't have fear that there's not gonna be enough or you're gonna lose everything. Acknowledgement is acquiring the knowledge by not having it anymore. It actually has more lessons included when things are lost 
or stolen or manipulated or cheated from you than just giving it away. They both have the same effect, acknowledgement. When you give something away, you acquire the knowledge of it. But when it's cheated, stolen, or lost, you acquire the knowledge of it as well. Plus, you gain a couple extra lessons along the way so that you can help other people, empower other people to appreciate what they have and acknowledge it as well. But the third component that allows us to shift this paradigm and illustrates the impact of a world of more than enough of everything for everyone to truly have faith that we are connected to and through an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves us more than our mom, that is infinite, infinite in the past, knowing that our limitations are the meanings we give to define moments, infinite in the present, knowing that time is the only limitation, 24 hours of our present, and infinite in the future, knowing that our own scarcity is the only limitation of the future, our own being, therefore we have to stop, drop, and roll to get out of our own way. But in order to utilize the appreciation and acknowledgement in the world of more than enough, we have to ask the true power and practice of living in the world of more than enough is asking for more, asking for help, asking for more, providing the blessing to somebody else to allow them to invest in us, allow them to appreciate and acknowledge us by asking them for help. If you're not praying every day, if you're not asking every day, in person, on the phone, via email, social media, traditional media, you are limiting yourself and living in the world of just enough, just enough for me. Please allow everyone to not only appreciate, add value to what they have, acknowledge it by giving it away, allowing it to be lost, stolen, manipulated, gaining the lessons, the light and the love from it. But most importantly, ask for more because if you don't ask for more, your vessel will dissipate, disappear and dissolve. You need to ask for more to take advantage of the added value of your vessel, added acknowledgement of your vessel by asking for more. So find someone who sits in a situation that you want to be in. Remember, the two ways to get what we want in a world of more than enough is to help other people get what they want. Sure but allow somebody else to help us get what we want as well. Find someone that sits in that situation and ask them for help. Appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more. That's how we entered the wor world of more, the world of more than enough of everything for everyone. Live in abundance, live in peace, live in faith. Know that you're connected to the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom. Woo, great question, Brad. And I want everyone to live with me in that abundance. Be a sponsor, a power sponsor. Join our community. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com.